So today we are uh, going to look at attitudes from the book of Proverbs. I better put my glasses on. I won't be able to see a thing. Well, I have the mask on. I don't wear the glasses. Uh, the Arizona Republic reported that Steve Tran of Westminster, California, got fed up with the roach problem in his apartment. You, you probably would too. He had tried many different remedies that were unsuc unsuccessful to eliminate the roaches. Uh, so he came up with a plan and he was going to exterminate every last one of them. Um, and so uh, he bought some bug bomb, you know, the kind where you spray it in the room and then you close it up and then you leave the room, you stay away from it for four hours, okay? So that fumigates the whole area. But he didn't want to take any chances. And so uh, he wanted to make sure that he would win this time. And so um, he bought the bug bomb, and the bug bomb said that two cans would take care of uh, an area the size of his apartment. So he bought 25 cans <laughs> of bug bomb, and he sprayed uh, his apartment really well. And everything went well until the pilot light ignited. And it blew the front door of his apartment across the street. And every window in his apartment was blown out. And his furniture caught fire uh, because of the bug bomb. Um, and not only that, the roaches came back. Angry people sometimes really do silly things, don't they? And today we're going to talk about attitudes. Attitudes are about how we approach things. It's about our mindsets. And the book of Proverbs talks about attitudes, and uh, several in fact, but I'm going to highlight four of those attitudes uh, today. Uh, we're going to talk about anger and pride and humility and joy. So think of attitude as a mindset on how we approach daily life. Uh, John Maxwell wrote these words. He said, when confronted with a difficult situation, a person with an outstanding attitude makes the best of it while he gets the worst of it. Life can be likened to a grindstone. Whether it grinds you down or polishes you depends on what you're made of. It really depends on your character, uh, who you really are. And uh, so let's talk about the first uh, attitude here. And we're going to learn from anger. Anger. Anger is a God-given emotion, isn't it? We all have anger. We all experience anger. And that's what it is included in being created in the image of God. Um, anger tips us off when th things seem unfair. And uh, kids are really good about identifying what's fair and what's not fair. There is such a thing as righteous anger. There is such a thing as unrighteous anger. The problem is when we have uncontrolled anger. The problem is, is when anger leads to harming other people, uh, to hurting them either physically or with words, belittling them. 
uh, berating them. Proverbs 22, verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Now, this is good advice. Now, think about this. You know, we, Proverbs were given to teach our kids. Uh, here is advice for families in raising kids. It's really pretty good advice for everybody. Um, the advice given focuses on a hot-tempered person. Um, this person is easily angered. They become angry quickly and easily. And this is about wisdom. And so um, this is not the kind of person, when you think about the wisdom here, this is not the kind of person that maybe you would want your daughter to marry or your son to marry. This is about raising kids. Uh, this is not the kind of person that you would want to go into business with and become a partner with. And um, this, is a, a good, this is about helping people see human nature and identifying it and making good choices in relationships. Proverbs 27, verse 4 says, Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Anger is cruel. It can lead to making poor choices. It can lead to making decisions too fast without thinking things through. Um, like how much uh, bug bomb to use. Um, and this advice can use to, to help people see destructive behavior in other people. Um, so in 2019, the MIT Technology Review published an article about the hipster effect. Are, are you familiar with the hipster effect? Um, that self-proclaimed nonconformist uh, eventually self-proclaimed and nonconformist people, and they're, they're a sociological group, eventually conform to similar behaviors uh, and uh, styles. And I, gosh, I'm, I'm not down on hipsters, okay? Um, and so, for example, uh, if you look at a, a certain group of males, they have long beards, they wear flannel shirts, and they wear um, beanies, okay? There's a number of people that identify that way. So uh, after this article was published, um, one angry um, reader um, wrote the editor and uh, was really upset about the unfair perceptions that were made. In fact, he was so upset that he planned to sue the, the uh, publication because uh, they used a picture of him without getting his permission. And so the uh, editor uh, uh, checked with Getty Images to discover that, in fact, the picture that was used was... Um, used with permission. And in fact, after research, the picture was not the person who was complaining at all. 
And so the person who complained had to apologize for making this state, uh, this mistake. But it proved to the editor his whole point of the study that um, people who self-identify in certain ways can get so confused they can't tell themselves from another. And that's exactly, he couldn't tell himself from another hipster. Um, Proverbs 15, verse 1. This is a passage we've looked at in the past. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer can turn an angry person or approach, uh, can change the course of events, but a harsh word can stir it up, can aggravate it, can contribute to it, can make it worse. Harsh words. Now, I've learned a lot about this in marriage because sometimes I don't notice that I've raised the volume or the intensity of my words, and all of a sudden I recognize I have offended somebody in my marriage. And um, I have just learned this really well. I've I've learned it. I've repeated it over and over and over again. The good news is that I'm still learning it. But I have the skill to rub my wife the wrong way sometimes with my words. Um, I could have saved a lot of heartache if I had known more with better skill. Proverbs 29, 11, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Fools give full vent to their rage. And our kids need to know this. Our kids need to see this in their early years. Our kids need to be able to identify wise behavior and foolish behavior. Wise people and foolish behavior people. Um, sometimes in, I know in raising kids, we just think about, we got to teach them to obey. We got to teach them to do what is right. We've got to discipline them when they disobey. Well, yes, that's true, but there's more. There's wisdom and there's foolishness. And uh, so much can be gained in application by learning wisdom. Our kids need to know about Wisdom, giving full vent to one's anger is foolish. Wise people bring a calmness to the same circumstances. I read about a Louisiana man who um, last year did not get his stimulus check, 51 years old. He was so angry that he started arguing with his own mother. And he just continued to argue and argue. And he disagreed with what she had to say about his stimulus check. And so he set her shed on fire behind her house. And, of course, uh, he was arrested and put in jail and uh, had to face um, the music for his actions. Um, Fools give vent to their anger. So that's some things about anger. Let's learn from pride. 
Pride is an inaccurate view of self. Pride has such a view of self that doesn't coincide with reality. It's a conceited perspective. It's a puffed-up view, uh, big-headed, and it has a huge impact on how we see things and how we communicate with people. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And this is a synonymous parallelism. Remember, Proverbs are often taught in couplets. It's a synonymous parallelism, meaning the second idea says pretty much the same as the first idea. It's kind of a repeat. It's kind of making sure you get it. Slightly different words, same idea. Pride has an inaccurate view of reality and misjudges. In the early days of Apple computers, as the company began to grow, they determined that all the employees at Apple needed to have a number to go on their name badge. And so they came up with a plan to put numbers on the name badges. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, was given number one. Steve Jobs was given number two. That did not go well. And Steve Jobs demanded that he be given number one and that Steve Wozniak be given number two. And so that was placed into consideration, but it did not pass, and he was refused. And so Steve Jobs came back with, I'd like to be zero, because zero comes before one. And so he was given zero, just in case you wondered if he got what he hoped for. Um, Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, I think the last illustration kind of illustrates this verse, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Those who take advice. Do you take advice? And one of the things about teaching kids wisdom um, is they learn from us. We model to them on what we mean and what we're teaching. And so um, if we model wisdom, if we model anger, they learn to do what we do. Uh, If we are modeling pride, they see that and it becomes ingrained in them, even though you don't tell them to be proud. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Um, Certainly not all advice is good. And remember, these are um, general sayings. They're not absolute promises. They're not... um, there are absolute promises in God, like a John 3, 16. If you believe, you'll be, you will be given eternal life. That's an absolute promise. Proverbs are not meant to be taken that way. They are meant to be wise sayings. This is generally true. This is what you can count on. Is there an exception? Yeah, you can find exceptions. You can find exceptions on this side of eternity. Um, but this is... Uh, how to learn wisdom in this life. General principles. Uh, Certainly not all advice is good, but it is good to be willing to take advice. That's wise. Proverbs 29, verse 23, pride brings a person low, 
but the lowly in spirit gain honor. There's a new um, third world malady that you may not know of yet. Uh, it's been identified by the medical community as selfie wrist. It's a, it's a painful thing. Uh, the problem arises because taking selfies is so popular and it's so important for people to be identified and recognized and valued and, and, and saw and viewed with respect, you know. And, um, and so, you know, by using their smartphone, they can, they, can, they can post on self-media and accomplish this. Um, it's, it's become such a big deal that this has caused damage to people's wrists. And, and they, they are in serious pain because of all of this effort. Um, Dr. Levi Harrison says, this is a form of carpal tunnel. And uh, she's an orthopedic surgeon. Another selfie problem, maybe you didn't know about this, according to plastic surgeons in New York City, is um, the, the rise of selfies has raised the whole area of plastic surgery because people come in with their selfies with things that need to be changed, and so there is more plastic surgery as a result of the selfie obsession. Um, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. To, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Remember the, what the fear of the Lord is. It's, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's so important to the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is about recognizing who the true and living God is, that he's the Almighty, that he is holy, that he is powerful, that he is sovereign. Um, and fear of the Lord is really just submitting to the lordship, for us, submitting to the lordship of Christ, but submitting to God's lordship in our lives, the fear of the Lord. And the proverb says, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. God hates arrogance and, and pride. And I wonder if we soft sell a little bit of pride. I wonder if we soft sell arrogance too much. God hates it. It's an inaccurate view. It's not true. It's an inaccurate, inflated perspective a false view of reality. So we've looked at anger. We've looked at pride. Now we're going to look at humility. We're at number three. Humility, learn from humility. Learn is about having, excuse me, humility is about having an accurate view of self, an accurate view, a view based on truth. It looks toward how God actually sees us. And you know what? You're important. You are valuable. You are loved. You are gifted. Those things are all true. Um, 
you're created in the image of God? It's true. God has a very high view of you as a human being. Um, at the same time, you and I are sinners by nature. Uh, we have this tendency to be self-centered and self-focused, and we sin. We sometimes hurt other people. We are sinners. The good news is we can be saved by grace. We can have our sins forgiven, and, and, and we can be forgiven sinners, and, and that's who we are now by nature. We have a new nature, uh, one that's forgiven. And we have become a child of God, and that's who we are. That's true. We have become a citizen of heaven, and that's true. That's who we are. And what God intends is for us is that more and more we act like children of God. You know, that we, we're, we're living out this new identity. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. We're talking about having an accurate view. He who mocks, he, excuse me, he, referring to God, he mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Now think about this. God makes fun of those who make fun of others. He mocks proud mockers. God shows favor. He shows grace to the humble and the oppressed. God works against the proud, but God works for the humble. God teams up against the proud. He teams up with the humble. And I think it's just a really good, you know, question to think about, you know, periodically. It, am I working with God? Am I working with God's strength? Or are, am I working against him? You know, am I doing my own thing? You know, if I do things in my own strength, that's pride. It's not humility. I'm, I don't need God. Am I working with God or am I working against God? Proverbs um, 15, verse 33. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. God honors the husband. Wisdom instructs the fear of the Lord. So if you're a wise person, you will fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord produces humility, an accurate view. Fear of the Lord produces an accurate view of who, of who, of you, of who you and I really are. Proverbs 22, verse 4, that humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. If you understood true humility before God, you've understood the fear of the Lord. The outcome of humility, the outcome of the fear of the Lord is uh, honor and riches and life eternally. And for now. And, you know, right away we go to the riches part because Oh, I would like, I would like prosperity. I would like to be rich. I would like to be really wealthy. And um, 
compared to what? Well, we do like to compare ourselves, and, and people who are wealthy are people who have way more money than we do. But if we compare ourselves to others, we also ought to compare ourselves with the rest of the world. And 98% of the rest of the world has less than you and me. I think we're already wealthy. Um, um, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 11, verse 2, when pride comes, then comes, dis uh, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Pride leads to disgrace. Um, clearly disgrace before God, ultimately. And humility produces wisdom. They just go hand in hand. Now, when we're talking about humility, we're not talking about ha somebody having a low self-image. Because having a low self-image isn't necessarily an accurate view of self. It isn't based on truth. It's based on feeling. Um, researchers have identified a new form of pride called moral grandstanding. Now, this is really interesting. Moral grandstanding. And um, it's especially appropriate for Christians to think about. In a uh, study published in 2020, 6,000 Americans were questioned about their moral and political beliefs and, and how they communicated these beliefs to others. Um, moral grandstanding is about sharing your beliefs for selfish reasons, for reasons to advance yourself not because you really intend to communicate with another peep person and um, recognize their value and, and dialogue with them and increase in knowledge and hopefully increase their knowledge. That's not the motive. It's all about what the motive is. And moral grandstanding is about wanting to win. It's about... Um, Uh, scoring points, keeping track. It's, it's wanting to impress others. Uh, people, and, and this is what the research has found, people who habitually are involved in moral grandstanding, which includes debating people on Facebook and Twitter, uh, uh, habitually have really difficult relationships with their own family. And they tend to separate and cut off relationships over their views. And they tend on to Facebook to seek out arguments with people who have a different opinion than them. And they tend to put people down on Twitter or some other social, social media, media um, about how stupid they are for not having the same opinion. And I think they must have came across some Christians in their research. I don't know. Um, but moral grandstanding is a real deal. Lastly, learn from joy. This is the last one. Learn from joy. 
Now, joy and happiness are, are associated together, and, and they, they're sometimes kind of two sides of a, a similar thing. But there's a little bit of a difference sometimes when we think about joy and happiness. If we think of joy is about our hearts when sometimes happiness is more about what happens. It's about our circumstances. Did we have a good day or a bad day? Do we have good circumstances or bad? And my happiness often is, is based on uh, what's happened to me. It's not based... Uh, so, uh, think in terms of happiness isn't based so much on what's going on in here. Um, so, but in the book of Proverbs, happiness is used or being happy is, is used often closely with joy. Proverbs 15, verse 13, a happy heart. And so this is about the heart. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Um, this is about joy. A heart that has joy influences the face. And sometimes it just needs to tell the face. It's, it's okay to smile. It's okay to be happy. Uh, a heart in pain also influences the, f the face. And a heartache really does happen, doesn't it? It's real. And it's not about right or wrong or being bad. It's just part of our lives. And our job is not to cause heartache. And some people uh, seem to enjoy doing that. Uh, but this is something to teach our kids about identifying behavior. It's wisdom. Proverbs 15, verse 30, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Now, the ultimate good news leads to eternal life, an eternal kind of health. But good news impacts people as well as bad news impacts people. And this uh, doesn't mean you avoid bad news. And this doesn't mean you just tell your kids only good news. Um, but reporting good news is important because it does have an impact on people. It has an impact on our kids. For example, when you see your kids doing something well, that's good news. Tell them. Report it to them. And it, it encourages them. This is just a way, a practical way to encourage other people. Um, it brings light to their eyes. It can bring joy to their hearts. Proverbs 17, verse 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart, a joyful heart, a heart that's centered on joy. It's good medicine. There's all kinds of research and information about the... the uh, kind people and people who experience joy and who serve other people, how they benefit health-wise because of uh, the joy, because of uh, how they're treated and how they relate. Now, a cheerful heart is good medicine. We know that for a Christ follower... Joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. 
It's the fruit of the Spirit, joy. It's one fruit of the Spirit. And joy is something we can choose. Joy is also closely connected with gratitude. Thankful people are joyful people. A thankful heart is a joyful heart. According to uh, the World Happiness Report, I bet you didn't even know there was a World Happiness Report, happiness in the U.S. is declining. Politics in America is divided into two camps, the angry and the angrier. We face natural disasters, forest fires, floods, tornadoes, and hurricanes. The 24-hour news cycle is exhausting. We have political turmoil, racial turmoil, and violence. Yet, joy is still possible for the Christ follower. Author Douglas Abrams, who wrote the book of joy, said this, in the age of despair, choosing joy is a revolutionary act. You're stepping outside the norm when you choose joy. Gee, the apostle James said, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you fall in various trials. And why did he say that? Because there is a possibility of an, ang uh, an outcome of growth and maturity and God doing good work uh, through this. And gee, who would have thought that all things work together for good for those who love him? Um, Proverbs chapter 10, this is, a, this is our last Proverbs. Chapter 10, first verse 21. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. A wise son brings joy to his father. Kids impact their parents long after they're grown up, don't they? Some of you know that, who have your kids grown up. They have a huge impact on parents. A child who acts wisely, meaning a child acting with the wisdom of God. Now, it, this is an assumption that a parent would be able to notice if their child was acting wisely. They, they themselves would understand the wisdom of God and how, how it fits into this situation. A child who acts wisely brings joy to his parents, to his father. Um, a foolish child, young or old, can bring grief to a parent. Parents, you know that too, don't you? They, they can cause parents pain for foolishness. And it Wisdom has a huge impact for a lifetime. It impacts kids. It impacts them after they grow up. It impacts their parents. It impacts families for a lifetime. Verse 28, the prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. The prospects, are you, as a Christ follower, are you included in the righteous? You're, we're supposed to be. The, the prospects, the prospect of the righteous is joy. Joy now, 
joy in eternity. But the hopes of the wicked comes to nothing. The hope of the wicked is no hope at all. Some of you know the, was a famous quote of Chuck Swindoll when he said, words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude toward life. The longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to it. Think about that. Life is going to be 10% of what happens, not 90% of what happens to us. You know, pity me, all these things are wrong. 10% of what happens to us, but it's going to go 90% of how we respond. And we have a choice. When we experience anger, we don't have to let anger control us. And there are times we experience pride, and we can be reminded, oh, it's time to be humble. We can choose humility. Uh, we can choose joy. We don't have to let our circumstances control us. Let's stand for prayer. Gracious God, we just uh, thank you for uh, the book of Proverbs and for the reminders today about our attitude Thank you, God, for giving us wisdom. God, help us to pursue wisdom. Give us a heart to pursue wisdom. Help us to identify our own foolish behavior from time to time. God, cause us to think carefully about our own anger. Do we need to pursue spiritual growth with our anger? Do we need to bring it under the control of the Holy Spirit? Do we need to admit our failure with anger to others, people we've hurt? God, help us to see pride. Help us to see our own pride when we have a bigger view of ourselves than we ought to. May we be humbled in your presence. May we grow in the fear of the Lord. And God, teach us about joy. Teach us the benefit of choosing to follow you. And to know and experience joy even when life is really hard. Thank you for your word. Thank you for instruction. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.